We acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land upon which we meet, the Yagara and Turbal people of the Nianjing Nation, and we pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Before we get started, we just want to acknowledge the life of Chadwick Boseman, who you all know as a magnanimous and rightful Wakandan king, T'Challa. Not only was he an extraordinary actor, he was a wonderful human being. He played so many iconic roles like Jackie Robinson, James Brown and Thurgood Marshall. Of course, we remember him most in Black Panther, which was the first thing I saw him in. He represented so much for people, especially young fans looking up to him as T'Challa. Marvel still has a long way to go in terms of fair representation and equality, but Chadwick heralded the first wave of change and diversity for the franchise. His legacy cannot be underestimated, and he will be remembered forever. So it seems a bit horrible to just pivot straight into welcome back to Marvels. I know, but... right? That's, that's a mood, hey. <sighs> yes. Um... But anyway, welcome back to Marvels. This is our season one wrap-up episode. How you feeling? great i can't believe we've done a whole season i know it's like the only thing in my life that has gone to plan this year <laughs> <laughs> and i have to say it's been a wonderful experience with you it's been going great yes yes yeah. it's been really fun i actually really missed our like weekly catch-ups yeah, yeah. i know so having the bit of a, a pause between our season and this yep. wrap episode yeah we kept trying to like find time and then yeah. the stars wouldn't align or the moon wouldn't be in position yeah or we're just like oh, let's not do it yeah no <laughs> I think it's good, and I'm excited to start filming, um, filming? Recording. Recording. Yeah, recording. Recording season two as Yes, well. um, we might do that at the end of the year then, once yeah. we've finished school and yeah. into I think the holidays. We, we, we line it up when I start my master's, because yes. that's what Dana needed, more yes. things to spend time on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm thinking of doing another diploma in the space between this diploma and my next diploma. Yeah. Educated, let's go. We just did the best fist bump ever that no one could hear. <laughs> That was our fist bump. <laughs> Sounds like you slapped me. No. <laughs> yeah, what have you enjoyed about um, this year, about the first season? Yeah, I really enjoyed just, like, shooting the shit and talking about superhero movies. And, of course, I love gay stuff, yeah. so it's a really good... Because I was doing sexuality for a while, I was able to, like, talk about um, things that interested me, that interested my guests. Um, you know, just, like being queer in the world and like having experiences and like you know experiences of consuming media that really s spoke to us as a community and those kinds of things so it's really cool to be like come back to doing something queer and being like you know it's not necessarily indicative of the queer experience because um but a it lot of it to us yeah it matters to us but it's yes. about that you know we love these movies we shouldn't have to be looking for these little breadcrumbs that we <laughs> talk about every week they should be more explicit and by drawing attention to the things that can be interpreted in that way they kind of draw attention to the fact that there is an issue with representation yes. Yes. And hey, Marvel, hire us. We'll be your LGTB diversity like people. We can we can do this. Let's go. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, you might might write for a Marvel comic oh, one God. day. That would be the dream, honestly. You could um you could draw a Marvel comic. We could start our own Marvel comic. We could. 
the Marvels comics. Marvels. <laughs> oh, we didn't even introduce ourselves. That's okay. They know us by now. <laughs> yeah, I'm okay. I'm Lisa. This is Dana. Yes, I'm assuming your lovely listeners haven't joined us for just the rap episode. Please go back. Please start. Yes, at, that's that was my first note. Is that um, if you are just starting now, you should go back and listen to a couple of other episodes. Um, all our episodes are good. I thought our Fantastic epi- uh, Fantastic Four episode was oh, really good. it was good. so funny. It was <laughs> so on point. funny. Um, rubber all- assholes. Look- rubber assholes. <laughs> Look, all our episodes are really, really good. Just go, just go and, go and re-listen to the whole thing. Just, just do it. I think you should. I think it's a good investment of your time. Okay, let's get into it. Okay, so content warnings. Um, blanket content warnings for what we've discussed in previous episodes. We've discussed some heavy topics, so if you haven't heard all of our episodes, you can just look at the episode notes because I put all the content warnings in there. All right, the films that we did for the season one. We did Iron Man 1, Iron Man 2, Thor, The Incredible Hulk, Hulk, Captain America, The First Avenger, The Avengers, Blade 1, Daredevil, Fantastic Four, Spider-Man, and X-Men. How do we feel about them? Look, like, it was interesting for me going back and watching them with a more critical lens. Yes. I'll say that right now. And so many of them, we got to the end questions where we're like, which, which, would you, if you, if you could, would you watch this again or recommend this to someone? And like so many times listening back to what we've done. Just like, just no. Like, no. <laughs> Uh, some um, some of them I wouldn't even recommend on like a storytelling level. I know, yeah, and it is interesting to see how far they've come in some ways, but how like making a more enjoyable story, making something that is more visually appealing, soundtracks have improved immensely, mm. but then also what we've sacrificed or lost for that. Like I I really love watching Blade, and like mm. this is a nineteen nineties movie, mm. and then it took us. Many, 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 many years to get a lead character of yeah. colour. It was 20 years almost exactly, yeah. wasn't it? Because it was 1998 to 2018. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And that was like, huh. So our, our, our CGI got prettier and our combat got better and our, our movies had more ambition and scope, but it took so long to put any diversity back into them. Absolutely. And like... I think Blade is still actually a good movie. I can't remember what I said on our episode, but like looking back on it now, I would say that it was actually a really good movie. It's a product of its time, but it's campy, it's fun, it's yes. like a good little. I think I feel like watching it again for Halloween, like because it's October now. Let's yeah. get spooky. Like I mean, the incest vibes were hard, yeah, and like hard they were, they were a lot to take in. <laughs> Yeah, and I don't so, know why that was a like, I'm glad that they're getting a remake of it because mm. hopefully those won't be in there. No, is the remake going to be an actual movie or a TV show? I think show? it's a TV so- show. TV? It's got Mayhashila Ali in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, excited. oh my god, he's so great. I think that's going to be really fun because TV also gives you more time to play yes. and explore. Yes. Whereas, like, it's, it's 13 hours in a season if it's like a 13 episode season mm. versus two and a half hours in front mm. of the screen. You can, There's like, only so much you can do in a movie that you can do so much more of in a TV show. Exactly. Um, most disappointing award has to go to Hulk. Oh, God. Both has Hulks to. were pretty bad. Was it but Hulk Incredible or the Hulk Incredible was Hulk? better. Yes. Hulk was bad. Hulk was bad. That Hulk was the was 2003 really one, wasn't it? Yeah, the Ang Lee one that became the running meme. That was... 
that was just awful. It was just, it was just horrendous. I can't, I don't even have the words to describe how bad that movie was. It's two hours of my life I'll never get back and another 40 minutes talking about it. Oh God, it was so, and like, I kept talking about it, even though we said that we wouldn't talk about it. I kept talking about it throughout. It was so funny. Every, every episode was just sneaking there. And now we're talking about it again. So yeah, did any films meet our expectations? Like, I think um, Captain America met my expectations. Captain America is good as always. Um, I Thor one, I still quite like yeah. a lot. It does. It has the feminism pretty good in there. Yeah, I didn't like it on movies. a storytelling level, no. but I still love Thor. It's just a big Shakespearean drama, so yeah. like it's a story that we've had time and time again. But I like the characters in it, and yeah. they suit I think the purposes mm. quite well. I like Loki, so. <laughs> <laughs> I know that you don't like thinking of him as queer because he's evil, but like, no. not all queer people are good. It's more no, it's not necessarily that. I no, Loki is queer, like in yep. mythology and everything. I agree that Loki is queer. Yeah, but it's just Loki in the MCU is such a greasy like weasel of a being that I love. That's him. why I don't like thinking of like wash your hair. <laughs> Then you're allowed was to have your gay Tom card. Was that Tom Hiddleston's real hair, or did he wear a wig? I don't know for the first one. First one, I think it's his real hair. Yeah. And then this, I think the second and the third, he's got like some enhancements. Mm. Sorry. Um. Yeah. Second and the third one, and Avengers might still be the real hair. I'm not sure. <sighs> now I'm thinking about Sebastian Stan's hair. Oh, don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Cap was good. It was good, but we're always going to pick our boys, won't we? Yes, um, obviously. I actually really liked Iron Man too. I mean, the feminism part was garbage. awful in both Iron Mans, but like um, Iron Men. But um, yeah, Blade One was good. I thought the feminism in Blade One was pretty cool. Like the the representation of women, I should say, in Blade One. But also like there wasn't too much toxic masculinity yeah. and and um, Blade. People was, are allowed oh, to have feelings. Yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. He was allowed to have feelings. Iron Man um, One's still a strong movie. Yes, it's just one with a lot of morals I don't agree with, like the military-industrial complex. Yeah, and, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's still a very strong MCU film. Uh, Daredevil was bad, but we knew this. Fantastic Four was bad, but was we knew bad. this. Spider Man surprised me with how bad I found it. I every time I watch that movie, I like it a little less, and that's controversial of me because so many people grew up with Tobey Maguire and love him, and I'm like, perish. <laughs> I still love the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, but, like, I I don't know what I was expect. I don't think I expected much from that, because I, I hadn't seen it in such a long time, and I was just, like, you know, early MCU, or not MCU, but early Marvel days. Yeah. You know, probably not very good, but, um, we didn't even say what this podcast is about. <laughs> yeah, we did. We said it's a rap episode. Okay. On season one. <laughs> My pal. <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> no. <laughs> Still thinking about Sebastian Stan. Um, anyway, so, yeah, did any surprise us? Like, did we think that any were good when they... Oh, shut up, phone. Um, did any... Did we think any were good when... I think Blade, because I didn't have met many expectations yeah, Blade of Blade. Yeah, Blade like... um, X-Men is... It surprised me because we finally had women to talk about. I think yes. that was my most exciting thing about yes. X-Men. Um, and it was gay. And it was. A little, it was yeah. very gay. Yeah. Lots of Professor X. Yeah. Magneto. Yeah. No one can tell me they're not. I um, don't care. Magneto also played by a gay man. Exactly. An out gay man who has yeah. been out since like the 70s. Yeah. 
And um, um, Rogue being played by openly by a woman yes, as well. Yes, yes. Yeah. Anna Paquin. Love Anna Paquin. Yeah, so it was nice. I think X-Men surprised me. It's, like, dated and campy, and, like, mm. you can tell it's the first of its franchise because they haven't got their budget yet, and some of those choices are questionable. But I, I enjoyed I enjoyed yeah. it. I always forget I actually enjoy it, and it's tight. Yeah. Appreciate how small that movie is compared mm. to future blockbusters. Mm. Yeah. So I'm going to say, did it any disappoint us? But also that oh, implies God. that we had expectations well, in, like... I think we've, we pointed out the main culprit being Hulk. Oh, that was just... I don't, I don't... Like, a lot of these movies, I didn't really go into them thinking, like, oh, this is going to be a good movie. I think I already kind of knew that the Hulks were bad movies. Okay, The Incredible Hulk's particularly disappointing because Hulk was so bad. Mm. That the Incredible Hulk had a lot to springboard off mm. to do better, mm-hmm. and it's still it's the because like, it's our only double up. Oh well, no, we had Iron Man and Iron Man two. Mm. So we have two cut like if we think of those two sets, we think of Iron Man one and two and Incredible Hulk and Hulk. I feel like everything in Iron Man one and Iron Man two, it still feels flavorful and distinct, and yep. they still made us enjoy the character even if it was a slightly different, more campy lens yep. with like the hammer plots and everything like that. And oh well, that was great, Justin yeah. Hammer. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> So flamboyant. Um, <laughs> the world's worst sugar daddy. Meanwhile, Hulk and Incredible Hulk are just a case of bad and bland and a case of mediocre and bland. I should have, like, actually taken on the feedback and approved instead of doing the same thing again. Yeah. So what films were we most looking forward to analysing? Like, did our opinions on them change? I know what you're going to say. Oh, God. My opinion did not change on Captain America. No, but the one you were most looking forward to analysing was Captain America. Yeah, but I was also very nervous about that. Yeah, that's true. Um, sweating. I was (laughs) pit-stained. Of course I was excited for Thor. Um, I don't know, really. The early stage is difficult because none of them are really my favourites. I really liked Iron Man 2 and I liked it again watching it. I, my opinion did not change. I thought it was great. I thought it was campy as hell. I actually think I liked it more. Yes, that's actually it fair because I, I hate Iron Man 2. But yeah. I think I came out of it a little more fond of it because it, yeah. was, it was fun. Yeah. Especially compared to the dredge of the rest of the season. I'm like, this is fun. I can deal with this movie. <laughs> oh my god, this season. I don't even... Okay. Are we going to have listeners after this season? Um, we have like 27 <gasps> individual listeners. I don't know if they're just like like unique listeners, so they could have just listened to half an episode and never Look, listened to any, I love anything tw- every, else. I love all 27 of you, and I'm assuming you're, oh, one of them will be me. I love all 26 of you, and I'm assuming you're going to be with us here. Thank you so much for joining us on this, and you can remember you. yourselves as the OGs when we get super popular. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for joining us. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. Okay, nice. so um, do were any of these films actively harmful in terms of like gender, race, and sexuality? I think we yes, All so three. much, so many of them, so many. Um, like we did a lot of talks about the Duvernay test and like the lack of representation of people of color when people of color are in it. There's nothing substantial for them to do yeah yeah like Storm like it's not even addressed the fact that Jessica Alba Sue Storm like is a woman even, of color yeah they just i think try and make her white passing and no one question it it's a time and the closest thing we get is blade where like they're using a lot of allegories for like you know the cop scene with blade and like they're gonna just shoot at blade straight away instead of the 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 zombie mass of flesh that's on fire in the hospital <laughs> like yeah for comedic effect though instead of like to point out the seriousness exactly like 
that yeah that was for comedic effect as opposed to like pointing out poli- police brutality which is unfolding before our very eyes um yeah it was what a what an interesting year to talk about the films we did and what we've been working I know. on i know timely we're on the pulse but we're, we're psychic are, are you sure because i think like a couple years ago would have been the time for us to do this podcast. it would have been like movies wise but i think social issue wise yeah because we are not just a, a comic book and a film review podcast we want to talk about it through the lens of those queer issues and feminist issues and sadly those are still very relevant in 2020 yes absolutely well feminism is for everyone it's an ongoing project mm-hmm. it's never going to be finished yes um yeah what was the question oh actively harmful um yeah hulk was uh yeah. awful towards women um yeah that was truly despicable mm-hmm. <laughs> what they did in that film um, daredevil as well where there's only one woman and she dies yeah absolutely um avengers like i love natasha but and she does get a lot to do but the fact is joss whedon wrote her and she had more to do in iron man too arguably yeah absolutely because she was a spy she was using her spy skills yeah and um she has one spy moment in the avengers and it's when she's pretending to be helpless and yeah uh, i don't know how i feel about that Mm -hmm. Mm, don't know um thor um i liked that jane had a lot to do she had a lot to do I think the theme of this whole season has been women in STEM. Because there's so many where there are women working in STEM. Yeah, I hope that trend passes. Marvel's really horny on Maine for that women in STEM. Because they don't have any imagination. They think that like putting a woman in a science field is like, that's, that's the peak of feminism. And it's like, no, that's actually not. I mean, fair enough. They're probably... I think, you know, films like Captain Marvel did a lot more to inspire young girls to pursue their dreams. We'll talk about this when we actually have the episode, but while the uh, promotion around it was heavily military-based, the film actually had a lot of critique of the military in it. And so being like this blind shadow organisation that, like, it's so easy for misinformation and people to go missing. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so we'll talk about it more, but I think, like, Captain Marvel, because she's a superhero, because she's a leading woman, she had a big effect on young girls. Were any of these films uplifting in terms of gender or sexuality or race? No. No. None. Oh, although Captain America obviously was very queer. It was. The bar is so low for you. The bar is when we so just, low. When we just put Captain America in a sentence, you're like, I'm there. Yeah. Uh, okay. I'll I'll change my mind. It is like a good film, and it's very like personal and important. But for those three factors, well, we all know that Steve Rogers is bi. We do. It'd be nice if they admitted it in if text. They, yeah. If they acknowledged it in any way. Yeah. Um. And yeah, lucky last. What do you think? How do we feel about these films? Um, how do we feel we went with these films, with analysing these films? I think I did okay. Yeah. I think it was fun getting, like, my uni um, yeah. film course, like, eyes back on and my you-will-hate-everything-you-watch, like, 
critique lens. Not that I ended yeah. up doing that. And then I would get really distracted, though, halfway through the film and stop analysing it and just be like, that was fun. That's shiny. That's interesting. I know. Um, I was always... I think I was always kind of a feminist because I remember in high school being like... Women, men just think women are sex objects. I mean, like, I don't want anything to do with men. And then dating boys in high school. <laughs> oh. For like a week and then being like, I don't want to talk to you anymore. <laughs> oh, that's a mood. Um. But um, I think like, where was I going with this? Yeah, like having um that feminist gaze, not G-A-Y-S-G-A-Z-E, feminist gaze, um... And although I am a feminist gaze. <laughs> feminist gaze is my tag. Yep. <laughs> um, and having that, like, look into things. I think I've always kind of had that that lens of which to view things through. And I don't think I've ever really stopped having that. But definitely, like, I have been able to turn it off at times. And, like, watching these movies, I can appreciate them for their storytelling, for their acting, for their... Um, for their uh graphics those kinds of things um for their music but then also look at them critically and say well it doesn't represent women and and feminist issues and sexuality very well um so i can do both of those things i think that's a big change for me i think going through the season i really learned how to do that so i was i was really happy with that no it is interesting and at the end of the day we are working with very masculine source material yes we are working with very male gaze like very much like the way the problem is dealt with in a superhero movie is they all fight the big bad evil and it's done Mm. like and it will be interesting to see moving forward if anything challenges that or changes that yeah well we're definitely seeing like um less emphasis on it like even though i mean we've got like one movie out of fucking 20 or like 100 movies that um is one it's got a female lead character without a man beside her because we had um ant-man and the wasp but like the wasp didn't even really do anything that entire movie from what i remember oh no she was pretty cool i will have to watch it again i only saw it once in cinemas yeah and there was a few more women on the screen as well with hope there and with um the villain ghost Mm. as well yeah we'll see how we go but we've certainly seen like um at least steps in terms of like a decolonial lens with black panther but um I'm excited There's, to explore all that stuff. Yeah, and absolutely. And even a decolonial have, lens with um with Thor Ragnarok as well. Yes, absolutely, Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, which was directed by a Taika Jewish Waititi. and uh, indigenous man, Taika Waititi. Fantastic. Um, and uh, yeah, I think it will be interesting going forward. I mean, we can only improve from here. Yeah. Well, we've got four two to get through first, but then we'll improve. We'll have yeah, a sharp, God. We'll have a sharp tank down and then a skyrocket back up. <laughs> oh, okay, so uh, I have a couple things to say. Okay. A lot of things to say. You so do. Um, I'll interject where I can. Yes. <laughs> so what I was trying to get at in our Captain America episode, very ineloquently and bumbling my way through, is that Bucky is like female coded, and we'll get more into this in our our Winter Soldier episode. But we talked about how he comments on Steve's clothes, gets him a date, and is damsel twice for Steve's character progression. And these are typically like female traits as opposed to necessarily queer traits like I was saying in the episode so I'm taking that back and I'm saying Bucky is more female coded than queer coded yeah that's an interesting take and I think I'm still in the opinion like with them that it's very 
it's not like one of them is strictly that female coded role or no. not because Steve like follows his love to war sort of yes. thing and that's a very like desire of women back then if they could they would have loved to like be on the front line with their yeah. with their men etc yeah, absolutely so it's interesting I think yeah they've got a very interesting dynamic and I do like that it is not unequivocally like one of them always plays this role one of them always plays this role I think it'd be fun to talk about in the future mm. I think it'd be interesting um did we talk about Steve being a trans man Oh, we did say that um, uh, the super soldier serum and that whole process is kind of is like tea. <laughs> boy juice. Boy juice, yeah. <laughs> now, I have heard a lot of my trans men friends are like, yeah, skinny Steve is me pre-transition. And then after, <laughs> I got these super muscles, buff. And then all this hair. <laughs> <laughs> Although Steve is pretty hairless. He is. It's they like shaved a, him down. <laughs> the vitamin ray is just like took out the follicles <laughs> in his chest. <laughs> That's like radiation, isn't it? Vita radiation. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Early laser hair removal treatment. There we go. Okay. Maria Hill is gay. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yes. Well, I don't think we talked about that, but she's No, but she gay. is. I love her. She's amazing. She is my favorite lesbian. Although, actually, there are three lesbians in the series that I insanely love. I shouldn't say insane, <laughs> but like that I love too. Uh, so much agree. that you love with all of your heart yes. and would die for. Absolutely. Maria, um, Maria, and Carol. Yeah, no, Maria Hill is absolutely gay, and me being like a baby watching Avengers the first time in the cinemas, and I'm like, oh. I love her so much. Why do I, I love, love her? her? Why don't I love her just like holding a gun and doing her job and being very competent and like, like. <laughs> Although she does play that stern and responsible role again, which we've seen a lot in these films, like with Pepper and... Yeah, but everyone needs a a stern lesbian who's keeping the whole government department together while everyone else is being dramatic and throwing themselves (laughs) off planes. Or like disappearing for three months. Shooting a plane with a fucking bazooka. Bazooka. Yeah, yeah, she's got to be there. To like hold down the fort. <laughs> Fury's dramatic goth gay. So like his leather daddiness. <laughs> I can't deal. We had so many leather daddies this season. As so well. many leather daddies. Daredevil, um, Blade, Fury. Oh, <laughs> that one. That's per- a that's a theme. Running that one person this. in New York who runs like the expensive leatherwear yeah. like custom yep. creations <laughs> places making so much money. <laughs> Love it. Uh. Okay, um, so I looked up. I should I even include this? I looked up whether Joe Johnston, director of the famed Captain America: The First Avenger, is gay, and it led me to this site called The Big Gay Picture Show and an article about this movie called Extinction, which he didn't end up directing anyway. It went to a different director, and it came out in 2018. So I was just wondering, like, why would it be on the big gay picture show if it wasn't for a gay director or movie? And as far as I can tell, Extinction is not a gay movie. I may be wrong, and I could be completely off base, so if it is a gay movie, let me know. You're so craving this gay connection, (laughs) and I love you for it. And I'm also, it's like your boulder that as Sisyphus you have to push up this mountain, and just when you think you've cracked it, it'll roll all the way back to the start. Well, that's what Endgame was to me. It was yep. pushing, it was murdering me down this hill. But like, um, so there's this part in the first adventure where Steve suits up and in his new uniform and there are egregious like arse and crutch shots. 
<laughs> I just just reminded of the Batman and Robin um, movie mm. by Joel Schumacher. And oh, Joel yeah. Schumacher is gay. And there are, like, famously throughout this, um, there's this scene where uh, Batman and Robin are suiting up. The bat nipples And as the well. bat nipples. And it's, like, egregious ass and crotch shots and chest shots and that kind of stuff. And so, like, that, it just, like, I just got this connection from it. Like, that's just where I was going with this. All right. Um, I was thinking very like Charlie's Angels and Furious Charlie, <laughs> Colin and his angels ready to fight. Who's Charlie in the first Avenger? In the first Avenger, Peggy. Peggy's <laughs> Peggy angels. and and Bucky. Yes. <laughs> and the Howleys. Yeah, and the Howleys. Nice. I love that. That's awesome. Okay, so another point that I wanted to make. Okay, so James oh Buchanan, again, okay, I just have to talk about these things since we didn't you mention do. them. You can the, get them out. Get them out, get them out now. Okay, so James Buchanan was an American lawyer and politician who served as the 15th president of the United States. He previously, blah, blah, blah. He was a state's right advocate, minimizing the role of the federal government in the nation's closing era of slavery. He is therefore consistently mm. ranked by historians as one of the least effective Oof. presidents in history for his failure to mitigate the national disunity that led to the American Civil War. And my question is, why would you name the best character ever after an incompetent racist? Slaver. (laughs) I hate them. Yeah. In several of these polls taken prior to 2014, Buchanan is ranked as the worst president in US history. I'm absolutely frothing at the mouth. And and my response is, maybe it was a move so that even a fictional Bucky Barnes was better than the real one? Like, there is only one bad Bucky Bums, and he is the real one. Uh, I can't deal with this, uh, James Buchanan. There was this part in The Good Place where you, that episode where they're um, going through people's histories to find out if you can get into The Good Place, and Ellen is like, James Buchanan, I'm going to say he's a little bit bi. And it's like, thanks. <laughs> thanks for putting that out there. Fantastic. All right. Uh,. Yes, so Ronald Reagan. There's this part in the Avengers where um, Tony Stark says, uh, if we can't protect the Earth, we'll damn sure avenge it. And that's actually a a paraphrase of Ronald Reagan saying, if we can't protect our people, we'll avenge avenge them. I think he said that in like the early 80s. And Ronald Reagan, you will understand, as the uh, president who famously played down the AIDS crisis and left millions of people to die. So Ronald Reagan is a total piece of shit, and the fact that Joss Whedon paraphrased him in The Avengers is just despicable. Look, at least he put it in Tony's mouth, who's probably the closest yeah. Ronald Reagan of the team. Oh god, he would totally Yeah, because he's the celebrity. He's the celebrity. Yeah. He has all this money, and nothing better to do. God. At least it came out of Tony's mouth and not anyone else. That's what I have to do when I get a sad fact like that. I just have to process and go, at least it's out of this character's mouth that yeah. we do not care for. If it was out of Cap's mouth, I would riot in the streets. <laughs> uh, I also came up with this, um, the Sebastian Stan test. Oh my god. Of- <laughs> what are you doing to us? Okay. Just kept talking about Captain America, obviously. Okay, the Sebastian okay, Stan, so Stan test. Is the character, it has four tenets. It doesn't have to hit them all, but it has to make a good effort. Okay, so is the character, um, is the character a son of, uh, a son of a politician? Is he a traumatized war veteran? Is he gay? And does he cry? <laughs> <laughs> the 
the last one is is every movie Sebastian stands in. Yes, absolutely. I love this. Yeah. So that's the Sebastian Stan test. You can like quote me on it. <laughs> yeah, do a shot every time one of these happens in a movie with Seb Stan. Okay, expectations for the new season. Um, I was I was gonna suggest we could play a game where we sell these movies to each other, but I don't know. Our old brain's working. Oh no, I'm so sorry. My brain is never working. No, that's fine. Okay, so we are doing for the new season. We are doing Cap Two, Deadpool, uh, Fantastic Four Two. That's the same Chris Evans, Jessica Alba, etc. Yeah. Uh, Fantastic Four. We've got. Um, Electra. No, oh, we have yes, to watch that movie to. again. Well, we already watched um, friggin' Daredevil, so I don't think Electra could be much worse. It is. is it's it? really bad. Oh. It's worse. At least Daredevil, you kind of remember the plot. Electra, every time I wa- watch it, I swear I black out for two hours. <laughs> well, that's going to be great to talk about. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so much fun. I once had a viewing party night where we watched Electra, Catwoman, and oh. I think something else back to back, and they were all <laughs> progressively worse. Damn. Okay, Iron Man three, Age of Ultron, ugh. Ugh. Blade two, Spider Man two, which uh, which is really I'm really actually looking forward to Spider Man. Spider Man two is genuinely a good movie. Oh, it's my favorite good. of the Tobey Maguire trilogy. That's good. Uh, X two, Ant Man, Guardians of the Galaxy, and Thor two. So, yeah. What are we most looking forward to? Um, <laughs> you already know my answer. <laughs> I know. I'm really looking forward to Winter Soldier as well. Yes, it's going to be very good. Um, I think Deadpool will be fun and interesting now that I'll be looking at it more critically and not just as a slapstick comedy. Yeah, I... I'm not looking forward to that. Yeah, I, I'm kind of looking forward to seeing if my ideas on it change compared yeah. to when I watched it. I'm looking forward to X2 and Ant-Man. Yeah, X-Men 2 will be good. I haven't seen it in a while and we're going to get um, El- um, Ellen Page in. Yes. So another gay actor to talk yes, about. Yes, absolutely. I just love how like Ellen Page, her hairstylist just for like... 10 years of her, the first 10 years of her career, which is like, we're not going to do anything. We're just going to put it in a ponytail. That's it. <laughs> Truly a bad mistake. Yeah, I know. They realised if they gave her any other haircut, her gay power would be too powerful and she couldn't be <laughs> playing the girl next door anymore. That's true. Um, and then I'm excited for And then, yeah, because yeah. it's a really funny movie and it's, it's got a lot of good representation in it, like it's Louise. Be... And Louise is such a funny character. It's got a good different vibe to everything else as well. And Cassie. And, like, yes. um, his daughter is really, yes. really genuinely sweetheart. Love her. Yeah. And Guardians, I'm... It'll be interesting to watch that one again. I think I'm going to hate it more with a feminist and a um, queer lens. I've seen it twice and I hated it both times. Yeah. No. I fucking hate that movie. I'm just going to be salty and bitchy the entire time. Fantastic. I love spending quality time with you on a Sunday when you're salty <laughs> and bitchy in a movie. I know I'm going to hate Deadpool again because I tried, like, I watched it the first time I liked it. I tried watching it again, but all the sexual innuendo just, like, really rubs me the wrong way. Like, it was a lot of, like, rape jokes and stuff, and I was, mm. I'm just not into that. I just really cannot stand that. So I'm going to be really trying to actually get through that movie and trying not to vomit at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, so we're not looking forward to Deadpool. We're not looking forward to... Electra. Electra. What about Fantastic Four 2? <laughs> no, I'm not looking forward to that. And Thor Iron 2. Man 3, God. I'm not looking forward to Thor 2. This is going to be a rough season. Gonna... Age of Ultron. Maybe Blade 2 might, might redeem, it? redeem it. And Spider-Man 2 is going to go a good way. X, X2, Ant-Man. 
cap two. I think there's only like what four that five that yeah. are actually any good. Should we start with cap two as the original plan, or do we need to for later when oh. we're like falling apart? Where, where I we... really want to talk about Cap 2, and like, also, immediately. Okay, Thor 2 is last on our list at the moment. Why are you doing this to me? Oh, no, these are just, like, okay, um, no, they're not necessarily in order because we, we have the Marvel ones first. Yeah, true. So, um, cool, cool, cool. Oh, yeah. Man, I, but, yeah, I'm not looking forward to Thor 2. I hate that movie with a burning passion. Yeah, I actually... Th- I don't know if I hate it. Like, I don't know. If, I certainly don't hate it as much as you do. But, like, I know it's not going to be good, but I, I think it might we're have getting, some campy value that We're I getting a fridged enjoy. mum. No, and we're not getting oh. campy value because it's the Game of Thrones directors, remember? Oh, that's right. They mm. took all the fun out of it. It was meant to go to Patty Jenkins. It was meant to go to Patty Jenkins. So I can't wait to scream about that for a little bit. <laughs> Looking forward to that. Yeah. Mm. And Jane being asleep the entire movie. Uh. And mum dying. Yeah. Fuck, I hate Game of Thrones. And them trying to frame the stupid love triangle glares between Sif and Jane and Thor. And I'm like, stop that. I, I, I do love that scene where everyone's like, threatening Loki. <laughs> like, <laughs> evidently, you will not be the only one. Yeah, exactly. That's very good. Okay. Uh, rando questions. So if we were to have a guest on any episode, who would we have? I, I don't know. I don't know. This is such a big question. I'm like, are we talking the actors? Are we talking other podcasters? Are we talking anything? I don't know. Genuinely. Like maybe just one episode. If you like, maybe if uh, on a Thor episode, who would you get Taika to do Thor three? <gasps> yeah, I'd invite Taika. Oh, sorry, I just made a really great excited noise. That's gonna show up awesome in the recording. Hopefully, we'll get a bunch of. Oh, I love that Cat Dennings. Yes. Like, I people who would be fun to talk about this with. It'd be great to talk to Natalie Portman about it. It'd be great to talk to Jamie Alexander. If yep. we could do a Thor episode where I had all of the Thor ladies. Round table. Yeah. Yes, please. Yep, 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 yep. Yep, yep. Tessa Thompson. Oh obviously. my god. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. She's so delightful. I'm really, yeah. Yes. Yes. There we go. Thank you. You, you locked it in for me. <laughs> Who would you have? Um, I would have Jamie Loftus to talk about Spider-Man 2. <laughs> Because she's obsessed with Alfred Molina. Alfred Molina. Nice. No idea why. Nice. Fantastic. Um, what film or TV series would you want to do that isn't in the MCU or beyond? Um, okay, I had a couple thoughts on this. Um, first thought was automatically, I got something else written there, but I also thought, like, well, naturally, doing this for DC as well mm. would be very interesting and comparatively seeing which one crops up a little better think dc actually got ahead on their feminism things because they started producing lots of movies and interesting characters early but then also just general action movies and tv with amazing women in them like i'm a huge fan of mad max fury Fury road Road, yeah atomic blonde because shalice theron yes chef's kisses um i love the witcher castlevania like all these things that are right up my alley yeah what about you um i like because i love like the Captain America series so much like it is my like the Winter Soldier is my favorite movie it is hands down my favorite movie mm-hmm. um I think I'm pretty happy with what we're doing like yeah. I I can't even think of another movie that I would want to do instead but I mean we're doing like Jessica Jones later on and Agent Carter because we're having a TV series uh season um so I think and uh like uh uh Luke Cage and 
there's a bunch of others that like I really enjoy and so I'm looking forward to look to seeing them and I don't think I could on any other podcast yeah. like get a deep dive into things that I actually really love. Yeah, like that's I do I do really love the um the Marvel series and the MCU and beyond and I'm really looking forward to doing obviously the Falcon and the Winter Soldier series. Yeah. If it ever fucking releases, hey. If it ever releases. I think they're actually releasing um One Division first. One Division first, yeah. And it does look interesting and intriguing. I I that. will watch One Division, especially because it's got um Mar- Monica Rambo. Yeah, it does. Yeah, that's something that's very exciting as well. Yes. Yeah. No. Yeah. We'll see. Um. Yeah. I had this YouTube video that I'll put in the comments called uh, "Can You Call a Film Feminist?" and I thought it was pretty interesting. So I'll I'll leave it in the notes and everyone can watch it and tell me what you think. Yeah, I think so because like. Does it uplift women and tell their narratives and stories as well? Yeah. Hopefully. Mm. Um, I had another link, an IMDb page that lists off everyone's screen time from the beginning to the end of the Infinity Saga. Oh, yeah. And Tony with his 8 million, like, <laughs> minutes of screen time. Oh, God. He just took up so much of that movie. Yeah. Um, what else do we need to talk about? In- oh, yes. So um, this is something that might be a little bit contentious um and uh i'm not sure how good i'm going to be about implementing it but i don't want to look at the duvernay or latif tests in detail anymore because we don't look at the other tests like the bechdel and the russo test and like most of them fail anyway so it's really depressing yeah i agree but what we will use, but we will use what we have learned from those tests to examine characters of color that appear in these films. So we just won't say, "Oh, this passes the Duvernay test." But we all will also like, especially with things like Luke Cage and Black Panther, and and even Captain Marvel with representation. We will look at those, but we're just not going to be like, "Does this pass the Latif test?" Yeah, because... super fair. Because I feel like, as well, when it starts getting down to like, do you tick a box or not? It can yeah. remove the whole thing of having an authentic character yeah absolutely even though those tests are really good to look at and i I, like i encourage people to use them to look at the media that they're consuming i think they're like and like the bechdel test i think it's really good to have a metric to look at it but like dana was like you just said it's just like it's not necessarily healthy to just put everything in a little box and say it does pass a test so it's a good movie or it doesn't pass a test so it's a bad movie swapping two lines with natasha even if they tick all the boxes of the Bechdel test if it's a two hour long movie and that's all they've done is that really good yeah absolutely yeah Yeah. absolutely um there's other tests like uh the Mako Mori test yeah um and I really really just kind of how I feel about what I'm doing at the moment in regards to like the Duvern- uh, the Latif test and the uh, DuVernay test is that like I'm trying to draw a line between being a good ally and not speaking about experiences that I don't have. And I think that is a super valid approach. Um, we always spread the message as much as we can to defer to those who experience specific circumstances mm. that we do not. But we have tried to echo our support and I hope that that's yeah. how it comes across when we talk about these issues is always from a place of what can we do to uplift and support people with different experiences from us. Yeah, but... Because we tick women and we tick queer, but everything else has to be a conversation and a dialogue. 
Absolutely. But I think a lot of what I've looked at necessarily has been negative because these movies just really aren't good in terms yes. of any representation. Precisely. So it's kind of like really fucking depressing to be like, no, it doesn't pass the Latif test. No, it doesn't pass the Russo test. You know, to be to do those kinds of things is really like it's quite draining to yeah. constantly be like, no, it doesn't. It's no, it doesn't. like, no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Yeah. So, um, so I, we defer to anyone who has these experiences and wants to talk about them. Like, you know, we could do an episode where we interview some people yeah. and talk about them. Right in, right, right in, in. And talk to yes. us. Yes. Uh, message us, um, at Marvel's podcast at gmail.com yeah. and we can share your thoughts if you'd like us to. That'd be fantastic. Um, yeah, so one thing I also wanted to talk about was that I said that in the past we only looked at women, but you refuted yes, that. Yes, I did. We we have a f- strong focus on women. Yep. But sometimes, like, if we have a look at um um we pepper in some haha pepper in some discussions in Iron Man and Cap episodes etc. We've talked a little bit about toxic masculinity and how they defy typical masculine stereotypes or archetypal heroes. Yep. Like I remember us having a huge discussion on Tony and how he is the brain man, not mm. the buff strong hitman, yes. and how that in itself is a very interesting take for a hero to lead your universe. Yeah, yeah. and also we talked about. Um hulk and the incredible hulk in like banner and norton specifically being like the nice guy or whatever like yeah exactly. he's the nerd so Spider-Man he should as get well. the, yeah and that happens with yeah. a lot of the marvel types yeah but they're not the archetypal yeah. masculine domineering guy yeah but what i really wanted to talk about was like that we need to look at men too because feminism is for everyone and so we're gonna like i'm gonna instead of being like feminism so let's just talk about the women i'm going to be like okay feminism let's talk about women but also feminist issues which include toxic masculinity includes how men are portrayed how men treat women um those kinds of things if there are any non-binary people um yeah so uh i'm gonna try and be more inclusive in the the topics like yeah. in how i set out because how Cause we've I, gone through structure the our our structure yeah is usually split up like feminism female character one female character two if there yeah. is a second one general women we see on screen yeah and then maybe a comment or two yeah. yeah then we go straight to queerness and i think we lump a lot of the talks about men in there yes and that in that's the queerness that's section. what i was referring to yeah so, whereas um, we do need to make a more distinct like the aspects of feminism that relate to more than just women yes Yes, yeah, absolutely. I agree. Yeah. Um, okay, so <laughs> Chris Evans' nude pics. Um, we released, or we, sorry, we recorded um, the Fantastic Four episode in which I talk about Chris Evans being a generous lover and <laughs> etc. Um, and we we recorded that like long before those, those that pick or those, I don't know. I haven't seen one or any of them i don't know i don't know anything about it but um clearly we are seers manifesting our truth into the world so actually it's our fault that he yeah. accidentally released those it's our things. fault we we i think still being um uh unfortunately psychic is my mutant power my mutant burden to bear that i am just unfortunately psychic in everything that is going on this year apparently um and so he can directly blame us yeah sorry chris evans our bad um and thank god that yeah i haven't seen them either and i really <laughs> don't, don't want, want to. to okay so one thing i keep saying one thing i want to talk about i want to talk about a lot of things i want to talk about the difference between aesthetic romantic sexual and sensual attraction 
So most people do not realize that there is a difference between all of these attractions. And that's how I wound up thinking I was attracted to men because I can look at anyone of any gender and be attracted to them like aesthetically. Um, so like in other words, I can think anyone of any gender is hot. And I think this is typical of, not typical, but I think a lot of lesbians actually experience this as well because you'll find that like lesbians usually have like, they love all women and then they'll have one guy that they're not necessarily attracted to but like really spend a lot of effort investing in so you like you see all my lady bi friends say that that's experience they're like all women are hot and then there's like three men yeah that's not bi <laughs> that's lesbianism i don't know on the contrary i'm very much like and it's not the universal experience but i definitely have not don't look at men and go you're attractive yeah that's fair yeah i just i think i'm like i can see aesthetically why a straight woman would be into you um but you are shaped like a friend to me yeah <laughs> every time yeah. i look at thor i'm like friend and everyone's like ah oh, he's hot isn't he like uh, the kids at school will be like i've got like a little thor on my lanyard and i'm like yeah my favorite superhero is thor and they're like oh because you think he's hot miss and i'm like <laughs> with my other lanyard which was my rainbow yeah i was just like my sweet summer child. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. I mean, like, but I could look at, at, like, Bucky and be like, holy fucking shit, he's hot. Yeah, like, I... But okay. I'm a lesbian. I'm not bisexual. Yes, exactly. Like, I'm not... I don't have romantic relationships with men. I'm not interested in marrying a man. I don't have sex with men yes. anymore. Like, you know, but I could look at Bucky and be like, oh, damn. I look I look at a lot from an artistic angle. Yep. Like, you would be fun to draw. Is sometimes yeah. what I have a lot yeah, of, about yeah. a lot of pretty dudes. Yeah. I'm like, you'd be really fun to draw. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. But, like, <sighs> that's what I, I mean. It's like having that aesthetic attraction is not romantic and no. not sexual. It's It's different. So I think a lot of lesbians can be very confused like I was very confused for a long time and this is like a common experience among lesbians is having this um compul what's called compulsory heterosexuality where we grow up thinking from outside influences telling us and like society telling us that the only thing or not the only thing but like a thing that you will do in your life is love men no, I've in a romantic and sexual way I've definitely had that too and like trying to sit there and be like okay what does my future look like like when i'm getting married like and have panic attacks thinking about you're gonna marry a man well, or something no, like i could i could like see someone in a suit but it was always like some amalgus blur yeah. face like no idea or concept of who and then like as soon as i flip the script and i'm like okay but what if a woman's waiting at the end of the aisle i can see like it's never the same like woman every time i have the daydream but like i can see features and i can see yep she's kind she's loving she's smiling and i'm excited to be walking down this aisle yeah, but I feel like I, I get you there. Compulsory, compulsory heterosexuality is a hell of a drug. It's awful. It's such a problem. And I think if my parents had been a little bit more... I think if they'd realised gay people existed, because <laughs> they didn't really talk about them at all in our house growing up, I think if they realised they existed, they might have been more aggressively pushing me down those paths where I'd have to consider that. And it might have taken me a lot longer to realise myself and a lot more dating men for a month and then, like having to break up with them because every time they touch me my skin crawls like yeah 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 I had that problem where I was like oh you're a man and you're kind to me I guess we should date and then every time I did that I'm like I fucked up a perfectly good friendship is what I did I need out I need an emergency exit button right now please goodbye thank you sir good night that's so funny 
Um, yeah, I don't know. I always had really good friendships with men in high school, but then as that ended and I didn't have to spend every day with them, I just got sick and like more and more sick of men and being around men. I... And now I don't like, I have two men in my life and one isn't like an acquaintance writer friend and one is my older brother. Yeah. And like, I love my older brother because he is just always sticking up for me. He's just always been nice, like, loving to me. And in a world where most men have treated me like shit. Yeah. And it's the bar is set so low. Yeah. So many so many dudes I'm friend with are like, oh, thank God you're a lesbian. Like, this can be easy and this can be a friendship. <laughs> and I don't have to stress and worry if there's going to be anything else or, like, vice versa. <laughs> Like, we could just be mates. And so, like, now I'm an adult. I have, like, lots of, like, quality dude friends, even if they're straight dudes. Yeah. I don't have many straight... I think I know two straight men. The others are, like, bi or gay. Yeah. But... Well, like, I, I, like, I do have male acquaintances who are queer, but I wouldn't consider them friends. Like, um, I don't, like, I don't have many people I would consider friends. Like, I have, like, five friends and then a bunch of acquaintances who I, you know, I like them. I like spending time with them, but not friendship level. Like, friendship is really sacred to me. Yeah. And, um... I collect friends like badges by accident and then wonder why I have no time. Yes. I'm just shaped like a friend and everyone wants to be my friend. Not to flex. Because you're amazing. Not to flex. But I don't know. It's a it's a curse. Sometimes. No, I'm not going to say that. I'd rather have too many. No, I'd, I'd rather have like five friends. Yeah, there than we have go. A million yeah, friends. yeah, yeah. I'm, I feel privileged to be on yeah. that list of five, lovely. That's good. Because um, like I'll routinely go through my Facebook friends and just delete people that I don't talk to. <laughs> That's fair. Because they don't comment on my posts, they don't, like, care about me at all, and so I don't want them there in my spaces. Though Facebook is whack with its algorithms, and it's very hard to see people's stuff. Yeah. That you actually want to see. You just get, like, 800 recommended videos from random <sighs> things you don't even care about. Yeah. Anyways. Mm. Um, no, it is important, though. That's I think that's the most important thing, is that, like, you talk about your experiences. And by talking yeah. about and picking it apart and, like, looking at different models of attraction and like, sharing those experiences with like-minded people, it helps make it easier to figure out who you are, especially if people are loving and accepting and coming at it from a place of, like, let's have a chat about it and see what's different, see what's the same. And if even if there are differences, it doesn't necessarily mean you're not mm. in the same boat. Mm. It's just, like, a different end of the boat. Like, we have different experiences, but yeah. we're both lesbians. Exactly. And we both kind of, like, had similar experiences even if they weren't exactly the same. Yeah, precisely. And that's important. And instead of sitting here going around and dictating that everyone else's experiences are wrong and they can't possibly be what they say they are, just look at yourself. and yeah, like that's, spend a, a, that's a lesson I need to learn. Spend yeah. a little bit more time just looking at you because you're the only person you're with 100% of the day. Mm. You're probably going to have the best bit of figuring out you and not figuring out anyone else. And you can always email us if you have yeah. any questions, you know, concerns. Talk to us. We've been through enough shit that we... We're old hat now. Yeah, we have some life lessons to dole out. So, yeah. you know, we... Sitting on my porch just waiting for, for Kitty Winks who needs some help. <laughs> Come into our large manor where we will adopt you. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, that's the goal. Have a Batman-style mansion and just adopt people. <laughs> that's funny. Um, yeah, okay, so... The word queer, I don't consider queer a slur. Like, I think anyone can use it. I think anyone can say queer community or queer people or whatever. Like, I understand that there are older generations who don't like that word because it's considered a slur. But the slur that I grew up 
like Dana has said this before, the slur that we've grown up um, hearing most often is gay. Is gay, yeah. And now everyone uses gay. Yeah. I think the only times I can hear this, and this is sad that I, I even know this side of it, but my mum talks about when she was younger, she talks about her brothers and talks about her male friends going around to bash the queers and that would be how they refer to it like queer bashing on the weekends yeah literally using the term queer so i think it is i don't i'm not in the camp the queer is a slur because it's not and like not today but we just need to be careful if we go to an event where there are older generations and everything Mm. like don't you can't it's kind of like i hate the internet now because it's like everyone's trying to find a right or wrong opinion on an issue and the moment someone's wrong they're like exercised from society yes and then think about being like a 65 year old gay man who survived like my mum is 63 so let's say maybe he's in his 70s and who was there for the 78ers and yeah survived the lavender scare or something yeah because you don't know who you're around on the street who has a different opinion because he's not on tumblr at 9am at 9am in the morning like posting about it there (laughs) i'm only on tumblr at 12 o'clock at night (laughs) i just threw a number out i meant to say like yeah i meant to say like four in the morning but you know like that's my only thing is be mindful because to some of our elders it still is yeah and i don't mind people calling me queer i don't mind queer community but I'm mindful. I like, it's kind of like I would look at it the same way that the only person who's allowed to call me a dyke are my lesbian friends and myself. Yeah. Like not even my like bi friends or anything would be able to call me that because it has been flung at me on like in verbally abusive situations and I'm allowed to reclaim it. And the people who share that identity with me are allowed to reclaim it. Absolutely. But no one else is allowed to call me that. That's the same way I think a lot of older men might feel about the word queer. Mm, that's true. Like, uh, as a as a lesbian, I would not use the hard F slur. Oh, like, no. God, no. Oh, I had to yell at a kid at school about this, but that's a tangent. <laughs> I actually saw this TikTok that, um, that was like, how did I know that I was a lesbian? My fairy godmother jumped out from the something and said anti-dick stick or whatever i don't know it was like stupid and it's like well one that's you can't use the f slur because you're a dyke um you can't say that all lesbians don't Don't like penises yeah because that's transphobic trans women exist trans women exist and are women full stop exactly there's our stance on that listeners (laughs) fucking hell anyway i'm getting off topic okay so i have some wrecks i have some uh rex i have this cute little natasha slash maria fanfic <laughs> which is called a thing that wants by magdalini and i'll i'll uh, put a it in the show wants. notes a thing that that's wants. just yearning isn't that just the gay experience <laughs> yeah it's very cute it's very cute um yes okay so verite's cover of john my beloved is my stephen bucky song it's um it's a What's his name? I don't know. That famous dude who sings about sad things. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, there's a couple. Um, it's not Johnny Cash. No. Uh, Roy Orbison? No. No, um, recently. He's still out around today. Oh, what's he called? I don't know. <laughs> but Verite did a cover of Nick this Cave? Song. No, not Nick Cave. <laughs> it's, it's the one. It's the one. I'm sorry, but there are a lot of men who sing about sad stuff. <laughs> not Hoja. Um... Friggin' (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, uh, okay, it doesn't matter because Verite's cover is, is a lot better. Um, cool. And also Gay New York by George Chauncey is a book. It's very good for learning about what kind of world queer men, queer men lived in during the 20th century and New York specifically. It's very handy for writing Steve Bucky pre-TFA fan fiction. Hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. You just nudge. want more to read that you haven't read yet. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> yeah, there we go. There's the secret. Nudge, say no more. Um, there's also a book called When Brooklyn Was Queer, which I haven't read, but it could be interesting. And conversely for that, I also loved Lillian Faderman's Odd Girls and Twilight Lovers, which chronicles gay life for queer women throughout the 20th century in America. She also released The Gay Revolution in 2015, but I haven't read that, and that's on my TBR list. I can confirm that book is amazing. You let yes. me borrow it, and I read it cover to cover, which yeah, is great. Yeah, it's amazing. It's yeah. so good. Not sure how good it would be for fanfic purposes, but it's a, it's a good companion piece <laughs> to um, Gay New York. Um, I'm thinking as well, if you're writing, like, um, Peggy and Angie fanfic yes. and stuff like that, there you go. Yes, there you yeah. go. Peggy and Angie, yes, yeah. absolutely. Why not? Do some time travelling. Yes. Everyone likes Write some good... more fan slash. Everyone, everyone likes a good lesbian period piece. Let's go. Even though it was a pretty shitty time for a lot of people. I know. But... We can still not put our rose-coloured glasses over it's, it. It's about the yearning. It's about the yearning. Yes. Um, okay, I have a new book out. Yeah, it's called Daughter of the Valley, and it's about a werewolf who comes back to her hometown to bury her father, only to find a newly bitten teen werewolf in a front yard and a murderous pack out for her blood. It's the first one in a series, so if you're up for that, take a look at the links in the description. I can confirm. I'm 200 pages in. I love it. It's great. I just need more time to finish it. I'm so close. And um, you immortalized my beloved old car, lovely, in the, like, the lovely. first page of your book, and for that, I'm in big love for forever and will always remember <laughs> it's so good if you like that supernatural stuff it's not quite i wouldn't call it like the young adult i call it like no it's like it's yeah. post-teen like post-teen, it is yeah. it is like actually adult and has substance sorry <laughs> not to like well it has sex adult. scenes as well yeah. so yeah but um and it's it's like but the character herself, Crystal, she is very much like stuck in this mindset of being seventeen years old. Yeah, but like, it's like I love even the though way, she's twenty seven. But you describe her thought processes in that in a way that is not just like, oh, she was angry because she's a teenager, like or stuck as a teenager in mentally. But it's yeah. like like you actually have logical, very adult ways of talking about feelings and introspections of your characters. Yeah. Feelings not are to, what I do. Best. Not to like, not to like, buddy you up, but it's true, and it's a very good book, and you all should read it. Yeah. Oh, we've already been talking for an hour. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, we made it. Okay, so if you have any recommendations for us or if you have something you want to say, you can find us at Marvel's... Oh, actually, I haven't even been updating the Twitter, so <laughs> except to post that Sebastian Stan Look, test. just email us, guys. <laughs> just um, email us. We, we'll post what we can and when we can, but it's on the back burner because it's hard enough managing, like, one social media page yeah marvel's podcast at gmail.com if you like the show please consider rating and reviewing on your local podcast store because it helps us find new listeners yes please a word of mouth can only go so far and i'm bribing all my friends (laughs) slowly but surely to spread it um when will we be back uh towards the end of the year probably about november yeah if we start like late november early december or we'll keep an eye out for my marking yeah we also like if we start because it's already october now yeah so if we start recording in november then it should be starting out in december i have eight weeks left and all my marking will be finished in the next seven the reports will all be okay. due. Well, hopefully we'll be back before the start of the new year because sure. we don't know what horrors the new year will bring, clearly. 
as, as the past year has taught us, be prepared for anything. You know, look, it's kind of nice. A global pandemic is sometimes a good look into, maybe I was doing better than I thought. This, yeah. year, this year is allowed to be whack. I'm doing okay. <laughs> if we survive this year, folks, it's been a good one. That's it. Yeah. That's the only expectation. God, I hope I survive. I don't want to die anytime you are, soon. Don't you, you're staying. You're not dying in 2020 just because um, you can't let your death be over, like overshadowed by a global pandemic. <laughs> it has to be a national public yeah, holiday. Yeah, absolutely. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> a day of mourning. I have to wait until I'm like really famous and then I can release my old love letters. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Yeah, I, I, yeah, that's a. Oh, my love emails. Oh, I should that, say. I'm terrified now. Somebody's like, everyone I've ever sent a letter to could like absolutely give it to a museum. Oh no! When you die, <laughs> hopefully, not before then. Okay, whack. <laughs> that could I'm be in our future, folks. Stay tuned <laughs> for our deaths and um, our memorializations. Yeah, wow, what a, what a good note to finish on and begin on. Um, <laughs> death. <laughs> Uh, party in 2020. Uh, and just remember, guys, uh, pals, friendos, matey potatoes, make sure you stay marvelous. <laughs>